Welcome one and welcome all. We are live in a brand new year, 2016. My name is James, and I'm here with Ronell, and as well, Blackberry, I mean, excuse me, Crackberry's editor-in-chief, <laughs> please. I, without Alex here, I'm just so thrown off from my normal flow, but it's great to have our guest on. Alex may or may not be hopping on a little bit later. He's, uh, I think he's on a date. No, I'm just kidding. He's not on a date. That's, that's not it. <laughs> he will be with us shortly. We've got an awesome cast today. We're going to get started on this week's episode, our first of 2016. But before we really jump into the news, I want to hear what you guys did. Like, how was your new year? Do you guys spend time with family? You go out, maybe you know, get some drinks. What did you guys do to celebrate the new year? I honestly didn't do too much. I just sat around, had a few drinks, watched a little bit of TV, relaxed. It was a pretty, uh, pretty relaxed situation. And I'm not complaining about that because... I didn't wake up feeling like I was going to die the next day, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was alright as well. I think I went to play some pool, went to like a fam jam, somebody else's fam jam, and then sit simple. I also woke up feeling great, wasn't going to die or anything, so good with me. <laughs> you can't beat not dying, right? That's, <laughs> that's always the best. Uh, I had a really crazy New Year's actually, and. Um, it's, I'm going to tell you the story because it's kind of sort of privileged. But uh, so we went out to the beaches because obviously I live here in Jacksonville. So we went out to the beaches and uh, got some tacos. That was my last meal of 2015, which is super clutch, right? You can't go wrong with tacos ever. So started out with some tacos. Then went ahead and went to um, one of our friends' places, and we, we did some kind of pregame partying over there. And it gets to this point where, like, well, let's go to the beach bars. So we went, we're going to go back to the beaches. I go to the beach bars sometimes, and I really hate going because it's always so, so packed. And I can imagine, like, already on New Year's, it's going to be even more packed. Yeah. So I'm dreading it. I'm just super, super dreading it. So we're with a group. We're maybe, like, 12, 15 people, and we're realizing, oh, crap, we don't want to drive drunk, right? We want to be responsible this night. I know, crazy coming from me, but uh, we wanted to be responsible, so everyone's like, all right, let's get Uber, and I'm like, oh, crap, now I got to get Uber, and luckily, my BlackBerry Priv was already pre-installed with Uber, loaded the app, got my little coupon code or whatever, we passed our coupon codes around, booked an Uber, got over to the beach bars, awesome, super, super simple, so thank you, BlackBerry, having that preloaded saved me, you know, going to have to go to Google Play, find the app, download it, sign in, all that jazz. Already all right there. Super, super convenient for me. Uh, went to the beach bars, had a good time, celebrated the new year, came back, ended up at IHOP. So last meal, tacos, <laughs> first meal IHOP. I mean, that's a great way to bring in the new year, right? So right. I, I'm glad everyone was safe. We all made it back, and we're going to continue on with Upstream, as always, on our weekly grind. First thing I want to talk about is a little bit of that video BlackBerry put out. Really short video, but it kind of was that teardown, so to speak, that render, or it wasn't really a teardown, more of a build-up of the BlackBerry Priv and you know, all the layers and all the tight engineering work that went in. What did you guys think of that video and kind of the associated blog post where BlackBerry talked a little bit about some of the kind of mentality behind why those specific features were built the way they were? Uh, what did you guys think of that video? Well, the video was cool. It was a nice look to show you some of the intricate details behind the device itself. I mean, obviously, it's nothing, you know, like too revealing or anything like that. It's just, you know, a rendered up video to show us how much how much detail actually went into the actual uh, uh, putting together of the device. But 
it shows uh, that you know there was a lot of lot of thought behind how a slider could work in essentially 2015, 2016 because of the mechanism that they <laughs> built inside. And it, it, you know, reinventing the slider isn't exactly an easy thing as we, as we know, um, you know, from the past. I mean, a lot of a lot of people had the torches, and some people hung on to the torch for quite a long period of time. And building a slider mechanism that you know lasts for a long period of time isn't exactly easy. So it, it was, you know, one of those cool things to see. But overall, it was just you know some some little flashy video to look at. <laughs> well, the music, thought... the music was so epic too, right? 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 Like <laughs> it was. No, I enjoyed it. I mean, for somebody who's like really into tech, like, more in-depth. I, I actually liked it a lot. I wish it was longer, actually. showed a little bit more, because it kind of started half done, in a way. Right. So I'd like it to begin from the beginning and see how it was, how it was put together. I mean... <laughs> the beginning, you see, like, a, a landscape in Mexico. It pans the factory, like, all of that. <laughs> I want to see the, the full build-up, right? <laughs> from the start. Yeah, but, well, it was, it was good. I mean... I think it's kind of BlackBerry's underestimated when it comes to engineering and making a really good slider and something that's durable and can last long and shows a little bit there in the video. So I liked it. I'd like to see an exploded view like they did for the Passport. That'd be cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, they they had, like, at the event, they had a Passport in a case that was pretty much the exploded view, and then they did the videos and stuff like that, but the exploded view actually looked really, really cool. It's pretty cool to see how those layers kind of come together. Really interesting, that kind of hinge mechanism, that flex kind of cable, that hook as well. Building things, again, that really, maybe that really didn't exist for them in terms of a mobile device, right? Something that could work for them in such a way. So it's cool that they've obviously probably patented and established those standards for a slider mechanism. It makes you wonder, like, what kind of impact Priv will have on the Android space as we look to new devices, because people are always looking to differentiate what their offerings can be. I mean, a slider was really, as Blaze mentioned earlier, kind of unheard of in, in this era of mobile. So really cool that BlackBerry kind of brought a throwback feature, and it kind of kind of represents Priv as a, a whole, right, where it's this device that pays homage to its past. It plays up on the future with Android and as well brings in a lot of the stuff we loved from BlackBerry old and, and as well BlackBerry new, really bringing like a lot of the BBOS stuff and that kind of heritage back with it as well. Really, really cool as they build that stuff through. That's the kind of promotional stuff that I want to see BlackBerry do more of, right? Where we've got a lot of traditional marketing from them, right? Where they've got you know these campaigns and these visuals, but this is cool stuff that you know is very shareable. And it's like, look at BlackBerry. And as Ronell said, it really touts their engineering prowess, where people maybe don't think of BlackBerry in that way, but you show a video like that. And it really does show you that a lot of complex stuff has gone in for both the mechanism and the overall design of this phone. Super impressive that the battery is like most of it as well, right? Where they built basically the whole chassis kind of <laughs> in this L shape to build the motherboard and, and all those other stuff. So really, really cool. And again, it's just not boring, right? If if they did that that kind of breakdown for uh, you know a, a normal slab, I mean, it's the same as every other phone, right? There's nothing really ingenious about it. So it is cool to see BlackBerry kind of, you know, toot their own horn, so to speak, and I, and I hope that's something they do more of. I really wanted to hear what Alex had to say about this, but, I mean, uh, he ditched us. That guy. That guy. Man, I don't know about that guy. 
2016 <laughs> is the year when he really falls off. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. Alex Alex will miss the first show of 2016. <laughs> no, he'll hop on like watch the last five minutes of this as we get going. But that video was pretty cool. And again, awesome to see BlackBerry putting that stuff out there. That's something that I was kind of wondering where we had a lot of materials for Priv in terms of like you know like those blowouts that Blaze was talking about. And with the Priv, it seems like they're kind of holding some of that back because it seems like the Priv is not really, really fully out there as if you know the launch of it hasn't quite fully happened yet where we still have other markets it's intending to head into and as well other carrier partners, at least stateside here in the U.S., that also haven't yet supported the device. So you can imagine they probably got a lot of stuff like that that they're kind of holding on to for when it's the right time, you know? I'm hoping they do, like, because, you know, we, we all pretty much crapped on them for the crappy marketing that they put out initially, but uh, uh, sitting back and looking at it now, it actually does seem as though that the marketing is improving somewhat. Um, you know, it's it's arguable to say that they should have had that marketing from the beginning for the Priv, and, you know, they should have just blasted it out the doors with it, but, I mean, it does seem to be getting a little bit different now in terms of what it was, I mean, because... You know, we've we've all talked about it before. It goes, it went from the creepy lady behind the shower curtain that was likely going to kill you, and now you actually have like celebrities out there toting the device. And even though, you know, I I don't know how much impact celebrities have on the devices. I'm I've always been one of those people who essentially believes you shouldn't use a celebrity in your advertising campaigns unless that celebrity actually uses your devices. You know. Um, but the, the marketing has changed somewhat um, in, in the respect that they're actually putting more out there. It's more, I don't know, I don't know what you could say, likable content. Like that video, we all, we all liked it, right? That was something that could be marketed because we all liked it. Um, I don't know, it just seems like it, they're, they're changing, and hopefully that, that progression will actually continue throughout the rollouts because, you know, we're, we're going to get to the conversation about T-Mobile possibly launching the device, but um, hopefully they'll they'll have you know Verizon will have their own marketing. Verizon has been known to put a lot of dollars behind marketing, so hopefully they'll put some money behind uh, the priv as well, and T-Mobile will, and you know hopefully that marketing aspect will actually expand and progress from what it was previously and continue that that uh, that rollout. Hopefully we'll see it. It, it makes kind of a powerful conversation for BlackBerry's future hardware endeavors as well, right? Because uh, they, you know, Google looks at who their Android OEMs are and what kind of devices they can make. And aside from going between, you know, LG, Huawei, and you know, Motorola and some of the other players out there, now BlackBerry is potentially a contender for something like a Nexus device in the future. You know, depending on whether they can align their roadmaps on some kind of focus, right? Be it multimedia, be it security, or whatever the case may be, right? Yeah. So, so BlackBerry coming out with a device that is, you know, unique like the Priv is, really can potentially open up the market for them to as Ronell mentioned earlier, expand that kind of engineering prowess that they do still have at BlackBerry with that hardware division. Ronell, would you pick up a Nexus all-touch BlackBerry? I, and, and I say this because a lot of people want that, that Z50, right? They want that, that successor to the Z30 and that all-touch form factor. And I feel like if BlackBerry were to do just basic all-touch, they, doing it as like a Nexus-type device where it really is aimed at a larger market might be more beneficial, right? Where Priv 
kind of pay, plays across both boards to the legacy BlackBerry users. Something like a Nexus maybe potentially may play toward Android and the whole you know Google community more so than the BlackBerry. Yeah. Um, to be honest, actually, no. I mean, if you look at why people buy Nexuses, it's because of the cheap price and the awesome, like the really awesome hardware combination. So, like, you know, BlackBerry making a Nexus, I don't know if that's going to appeal to the people who usually buy a Nexus in the first place. So it's hard to say. But, I mean, personally, if a Nexus did come out from BlackBerry and they had a good price point and they added a couple of more BlackBerry 10 features to the Android system, um, I would seriously definitely probably buy it. I mean, before the Priv, I was waiting for a Z50 and I never got it. So (laughs) I'd say Nexus is definitely up my alley (laughs) from BlackBerry. And then there's a tough point there where BlackBerry has done a lot with, like, the productivity tab, the hub, and all these things, and those Nexus devices run bare Android, right? So a lot of BlackBerry's flourishes would have to be removed for a Nexus device too, right? Exactly. Where maybe, maybe you know, you can offer it in the store by some, by some means or whatever the case may be, but really it would go away from what the Nexus device really stands for. So I, I, think, I think it would piss off most of the Android community more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, BlackBerry comes in here, now they want to make a Nexus. Uh, it might make some people upset. It would be but, interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't fully expect it to happen, at least not this year, maybe... Maybe if BlackBerry continues with their Android aspects of things, but not this year. Um, I don't know. It, it would be something interesting to see them actually have rolled out, and I think I think if they manage to actually pull that off, it would be something that would change a lot of um, you know perception towards BlackBerry. You know, Google had enough faith in them to let them go ahead and build a Nexus device, so maybe they are are, you know, a respectable company once again at that point in time in terms of the perception. I mean, I don't have any problems with it, but, like, did anybody really expect Huawei to build an Nexus device? I didn't. Like, Huawei was, you know, as far as I was concerned, Huawei built cheap Android devices until they actually released the Nexus, so I wouldn't even consider a Huawei device back then. But now they built a Nexus, so, you know... There's there's definitely room there. I'm never I'm I'm not gonna say BlackBerry could never build a Nexus device for Google. That's for sure because you know Huawei did it, and I thought that they would never do it. So be interesting. Yeah, that's true. The perception thing, especially. I mean, yeah. that would be a huge. Just besides the device, just perception-wise for BlackBerry as a company, that that definitely be a morale booster for sure. So I wanted to, because I'm going to bounce around here, because our set list is quite small today, mainly because BlackBerry has been hopefully putting their nose to the grindstone as opposed to putting out news, right? Just working no, bro, through. they've all been on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Be, well, whatever the case may be, we're going to jump around here because um, I've got a really good question here from Chris Scrivling, who's one of our, our patrons. Uh, really good question, and it plays kind of about what we're talking about right now. One of his questions was, also, after a month with your devices, do you guys find you still have the same brand loyalty with BlackBerry, or has the Priv kind of opened up the possibility of jumping to a different Android handset next year if security is the major focus with Android Marshmallow and potential releases of Android N? Uh, Really good question, and something I I was actually talking with my father about a little bit earlier, too, because he's on Passport, 
you know, looking to see what's next, where, where what's the move, and he's looking at other Android devices, and I'm like, you really should look at Priv, and he's like, you know, well, for the price, X, Y, Z, blase, blase. So, again, the question was, do you guys still have that same brand loyalty now that BlackBerry is not on their own OS, or, or are you kind of looking at some of those other devices and maybe saying, hmm, that'd be an interesting daily driver? Yeah, it's, for me, that's a really interesting question, and you know, overall, it's pretty simple for me to go ahead and answer that because um, I, I've said it numerous times through, throughout, you know, all the podcasts and blog posts that I've written up. I'm always going to have a BlackBerry as long as a BlackBerry exists. And for me, it, it's, it really doesn't necessarily come down to genuine brand loyalty at that point in time. For me, it, it, it has always been... You know, one of those things where I'm Canadian, BlackBerry is a Canadian company, depending on how you look at the situation. Like, yeah, they've moved a lot of their operations elsewhere, outside of Canada and stuff, but their home base is still Canada. All the innovation that was created by BlackBerry came directly from Canada, and they still maintain Canadian presence. So to me, they're still a Canadian company in the grand scheme of things. And, and that's where it really, really gets me, like, you know, as long as they continue to build quality devices, I'm always going to have a BlackBerry. So my, you know, quote-unquote brand loyalty hasn't necessarily changed. I'm always going to have a BlackBerry device no matter what. Um, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I've experienced iOS plenty in the past, so I already know what that ecosystem is about. I already know what the Android ecosystem is about for years now because I've been following Android for years and I've had previous Android devices, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it really comes down comes down to the, the, the Canadian loyalty factor for me. I'm always going to have a BlackBerry device, but, you know, in terms of brand loyalty, as long as, as, long as they continue to produce great devices, uh, you know, that loyalty is still there. That's a good point. I think I'm, a, I'm on the same line. Um, just more of a Canadian company who makes a really great product, and their main focus is productivity. It always has been productivity. Um, for me, productivity is something which I care about more. Even though I care about games and multimedia on my phone, I think I thought you said James. <laughs> <laughs> Now nah, who cares about James, man? Right. <laughs> Screw that guy, right? <laughs> no, nah, just kidding. But um, yeah, his productivity has always been my top focus with my phone. If I can do multiple emails and typing and all that, and BlackBerry's always providing me with that type of material, right? So uh, it's it's more of the company as a Canadian brand, but also giving me that productivity which I've always wanted in the phone. Now moving over to the Priv. I mean, it's not as productive as BlackBerry 10. Amen. Uh, right? Definitely, like, there's no, there's no, can't, can't even compare that really at this moment in time. It'll get better, but um, I'm still loyal to the brand, definitely. Um, they're still doing their best, and they're, they're working on software. I don't expect um, them to stop working on software, so only good things to come from BlackBerry. So I'm still, still loyal to the brand. What about you, James? You don't have the Canadian tie there. Me, me and Ron Al have that have the Canadian tie. What about you? <laughs> Another reason I need my boy Alex here, man. I mean, I, I feel lost without him. Whoa, crazy! This is like literally the first. It's like two years 
that Alex has been on this podcast. <laughs> Let me stop evading the question. Um, it's really tough for me. You know, as I say in my perv review as well, it's it's it just feels. Uh, see, that's such a hard way of saying it too. It it's really one of those things for me where I feel like I've already kind of quote unquote been betrayed by you know the absence of a new BlackBerry 10 device. So for me, it, the brand has changed. So what I'm loyal to has changed as well, right? Whereas I'm kind of with you guys, like, if there's a BlackBerry, I'm going to get it. But at the same point, I feel like what I'm getting now is a little bit different for obvious reasons, right? Because of what the OS, you know, under the hood is. So when I look at what my loyalty is, I, I realize, kind of like Ronell, that my loyalty is truly not to what BlackBerry as a brand is, but what BlackBerry as a brand represents. And at the end of the day, that's the security, the productivity, and really the ease of access, that keyboard, that physical, you know, that um, tactile feel, that m muscle memory. All of those things are, are what I realize my, my, my loyalty boils down to, right, where, you know, the brand is just a name. And I think that's one of those things where, you know, kind of like BlackBerry 10, like, you know, should we rename it? Should we relaunch it? Again, not really valid as an argument toward anything. Where really, it's it's what you get from that that's so important. And I think that BlackBerry, what they've done specifically with their Android OS on Priv, is actually really promising. And I will be totally honest, I've turned off the hub on my device. I've turned off the productivity tab. I basically use it as an Android device. Why? Not because the hub is terrible or anything like that, because the hub is actually great. But the way Android has its own notification systems built, it just is easier to, for the overall flow of things to use what Google's already got there for me. So I'm realizing more and more now with the proof that I'm more loyal to a lot of what Google's doing as opposed to some of the things BlackBerry's doing, like DTEK. Haven't opened it in who knows how long, right? And, and I'm waiting. Maybe Marshmallow is going to change a lot of that for me in terms of maybe the integration, maybe you know some of the way those, those features work together or maybe new features getting added. I still, you know, Launch Hub, I still go in there and look at things because I'm trying to still figure out how, my, how I can add it into my workflow. But really, I think uh, as we look at the brand loyalty question that I am looking at some of those other Google devices in particular, I'm looking at those Google devices thinking, damn, that Google device with those BlackBerry apps, now that would be something, right? Like, like, a, ne like a Nexus 6P with BlackBerry Hub, okay, okay, now I'm, now I'm interested, right? And really, it boils down to as well price point, right? $750 plus for Priv or $550 for 6P, right? And, and what you get and how you balance that. Right now, I'm, I'm really liking Priv, and I would recommend it to anyone at this point to go pick it up because it really does blend years and years of what BlackBerry has been known for into one device. But in terms of loyalty, I think we really all need to look at what we're really loyal to. It's not the, it's not that brand name at the top of the device, you know. That's not what it is anymore. It's really what's underneath all of that and what that yeah, brand stands what it for and what it offers you. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a reasonable argument. Nobody could ever fault you for that argument at all because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about how you ultimately use your devices and what you expect from them and the user experience they offer, right? So, you know, no nobody could say that, you know, you're you're wrong in saying that. Definitely not, because you know that's how how everybody should be looking at their devices when they consider purchasing them. Like, what does this device offer me, and how can I best use it, and you know, so on. I mean, yeah, 
it's a pretty pretty compelling argument for it. I'd I'd just just extend that just a bit. I mean, I'll I'll bring it a little bit personal because when I first started um, when I first started using BlackBerry is back in high school, and that was my first BlackBerry was a a Pearl. And then everybody had the Pearl, or they had the Bold, because I, I was too poor to buy the Bold, so I got the Pearl. And from there, it's, it's it was a community thing. There's a lot of people who were using it. BBM was a huge thing back then, yeah. right? Um, I think uh, the ba- the brand is really tied with the community, uh, uh, like in large a large part of it. So I think the community has dwindled a bit as well. Going back to what um, James said in terms of being let down, a lot of people have left, and I don't have a lot of BBM friends that I had before. I can tell you I used to have a handful, like a big handful of friends, which it's because of BlackBerry I know them, right? So, I mean, that's another thing which has kind of dwindled the community, and it's kind of harder to stay with the brand. But, again, productivity and and security and the keyboard has, co- has brought me and kept me staying with the brand, but... Yeah, the community is another thing which kind of dwindled. So some people may say they, they've left because of that as well. You know, just my side there on, to, on it too. I get that, but I, I can totally relate to that and I can totally understand it because for me, the community is obviously a big part of it as well. I mean, I've met hundreds and hundreds of people through BlackBerry and just their usage of BlackBerry, but I have to wonder, like, at this point, right now, at this point in time, okay, all the people that are leaving BlackBerry, and I know you guys see the posts as well because I see them. But you'll always you'll always see those people who who feel betrayed by BlackBerry, and they say that they're they're not going to buy the crib. They'll essentially go buy some other device. They'll either go buy a, another iOS device or another Android device. But like, I don't understand that that concept. Like, why won't you try the priv? <laughs> like, does it really come down to cost? Like, if you're going to go to another Android device, then why, why, why is there such a such hesitation to actually go ahead and try a priv out? Like, I don't understand it. I just, I don't get that. <laughs> it's it's one of those things in. And, I mean, as I said earlier, my father and I were talking about this. He's coming from Passport. He's played with my Priv. He likes my Priv. But he's looking at, you know, what's best for him. And really what he, what he boiled it down to was, you know, there's there's some key things that the Priv is missing for him. And I think a lot of people who may play with it are, are realizing that that may be the case for them as well, that potentially there's some things that might be missing from the overall experience. Yeah. So... Like, Blend is one of those things, right? My, my father just got some new Samsung tablets. He loves that his Passport and Blend, that, that they marry very well together. And I was like, you know, you could, you could get that kind of experience through, through other apps, you know, to a degree. And he's like, yes, that's true. You know, so it's really about expanding maybe potentially, you know, why we're focused on the brand as a whole. And I think BlackBerry is going to come back in the future here and really offer some things that potentially... Have the you know have the option to expand the horizons of, of how we look at BlackBerry, and that's going to be something that I think continues to evolve as BlackBerry goes forward. Michael mentioned it as well that they're constantly looking at that feedback so that they can deliver for us on different types of either devices and/or services through software. And I honestly think that right now you got to look at it for yourself. And and to answer your question, I think it really is a thing of cost, right? Because 
there's also that sunken cost, right? Like I'll I'll explain this as a metaphor for you guys, and and those listening along or watching with us. Let's say you're in a line at a, a roller coaster, right? You're at Disney or you're at Universal, whatever wherever you go for your amusement. Let's say you're in line. the The line is an hour long. You've waited half an hour. You're halfway. You're in the middle of the line. Do you wait the other half hour and get on the ride, or do you get out and get on another ride? You know, most people who have already invested their time in something are gonna see it through. And I think there's a lot of the BlackBerry community who have invested both their time and their money in BlackBerry devices. And now they're kind of at that place is that, okay, do I stick on this ride? Do I stay in line and get the priv and wait out, you know, this quote unquote storm of what BlackBerry's transitioning through? Or do I migrate elsewhere? And I think right now a lot of people are having a hard time with that and trying to figure out what's best for them at this point with the sunken cost and time that they've put into the brand through their through their money, through their compassion, loyalty, time, forum threads, all that, right? People have invested a lot, especially the BlackBerry community. So it's really a tough place for them. And as Blaze said, you really got to do what's best for you. And you got to look at it from a wider perspective now that we are looking at Android. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good analogy. I can relate to that one for sure. Because, you know, if it was me, I'd probably, like, bail out because I lack patience. <laughs> I'd be like, screw this ride, man. I'm going to get on the teacups. <laughs> right? I just want to get on something real quick. And, and you know, that's a short-term right. pleasure, right? Where we may go to, we may go to like, a 6P and then realize, like, dang, I missed that keyboard. Or, dang, you know, I should have waited out that other half hour, right? So really some things you really got to look forward to and uh, and... I honestly think that BlackBerry still has some things that are kicking around to, to continue delivering on new stuff for us, and that's always exciting to see. We'll move on in our topic list here. because We've really got in our feelings there a little bit, but let's talk about the best file managers to download for the, your BlackBerry Priv. Now, Alex was, again, who's not here, Alex was harping and harping and harping on Solid Explorer as one of the best file managers, but DJ, who's one of the editors over at CrackBerry, did a really, really great article talking about the pros and cons of many different file managers to download for your BlackBerry Priv. DJ took a really good mentality of, of going about addressing some of those questions, trying out a couple different ones and seeing what worked best for her. Um, she came to really the opportunity that she looked for file managers that blended the best of what she liked on her BlackBerry 10 file manager and brought them over to Priv through their own means. Um, are you guys using any file managers on your devices currently? And if so, what are they? Um, yeah. I rolled with Alex's decision and pretty much went all in on Solid Explorer, so that's what I use. Like I even I bought the pro version. I bought some of the upgraded uh, capabilities as well that they sell for like ninety nine cents or whatever. So, I uh, yeah, that's pretty much the main one that I use. I I've used other ones, but it just didn't seem as though that the other ones were up to the task. Um, especially like um, ES File Explorer, I didn't like that one too much. So I went back to uh, went back to Solid Explorer and uh, that one in has like the USB on the go options and all of that stuff that you can add on. Now some of the other ones that DJ explored um, basically have the USB on the go option built directly into them. No additional purchases required or anything like that. But uh, for me I found that they it was it didn't necessarily work the way that um, I wanted it to work. Um, it wasn't some of them weren't necessarily as reliable as what Solid Explorer was. So Solid Explorer basically takes the cake for me. Um, even though I did have to, you know, pay, 
a dollar or three dollars more over and above the other options that were available. It, you know, the 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 functionality that it included with the least amount of hassle outweighed the actual cost of it. So. Yeah, I'm using um, File Manager HD, um, but I'm looking at Solid Explorer since everybody's talking about it because I'm considering switching now. It, Get it looks peer pressure. <laughs> yeah. Alex's well, head's going to explode because we're all using Solid Explorer, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's different file managers do different things. You may be looking for features. Other people are looking for, oh, look, there's Alex. There he hops on. We're, t we're talking about your favorite thing, Alex. Uh, file managers, but um, you oh, know, yes. I was just saying that I was just saying that you know some file managers are really robust in features, and the user experience is really good. But then some of the features are so buried, or, or there's so many of them that it's a little bit daunting, right? So there's some file managers like ES File Explorer that are kind of easy, straightforward to use, and for a basic user who doesn't need a lot of like deep, deep integrations, they work really well. Uh, Alex, it, we just went roundtable on some of the file explorers, or <laughs> file explorers, file managers we're using. You know, tell us a little bit about why you've settled on Solid Explorer and why you can't stop talking about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, uh, you you summarize it fairly well because one of the big reasons that I do use Solid Explorer is for a reason why my mom would never use Solid Explorer, and that's, for instance, I can go to all of my you know connected network drives and everything. But in addition to that, I have the SSH for my company website, for Berryflow, for, you know, when we're done with this podcast, I was actually at my office and I was wiring it, and James was like, we need to upload the audio file of, of Upstream. And he literally sent it to me by email, I downloaded it, and I used Solid Explorer, uploaded it to the server. And, like, I can't do, I can't even do that on, on BlackBerry 10. I, like, it's some pretty awesome... But you know the average user doesn't need it, so it's it's also overkill for for that. But for a dollar ninety nine, or it's on sale for a dollar right now, like you can't really beat that. Yeah, it really for a dollar, I mean you really can't. So let's because one of those things that was is worth mentioning as well is security, right? Where a lot of BlackBerry users feel that you know because BlackBerry didn't build these the. the File Explorer, or why do I keep saying File Explorer? Gosh, 2016, what are you doing to me? <laughs> you know, because BlackBerry didn't build the uh, the actual file manager here, where we're using third-party alternatives, does that hamper the security of some of our files? Right? Some people, it's a trust issue, right? Do I want to trust some other file manager to go ahead and and do some of these things for us? You can or... set passwords on, you know, at least Solid Explorer. You can set a master password, so you can't connect to anything. Uh, without putting this master password, you can't even do that. Like on on BlackBerry 10, um, so you can have a phone password and an individual password to access anything on your phone to the file you know manager. Obviously, there there's there are other ways to get around that by using a different app or something. Like you could just download another file manager app and you're in. Um, at least for your your local and your SD card, but you can get pretty secure with it. So for you, it doesn't it's not a privacy issue, right? Where the app could be accessing those files themselves and putting them off to who knows where? Is that a permissions issue? I mean, how should users look at that? 
Yeah, I mean, it's tough. You kind of need to understand the developer community, I think. Uh, and you get a sense of that in BlackBerry 10 because it's a very close-knit, small group where you start to trust people. And there have been a few developers who have been called out for doing some strange things, you know, sending certain signals back to their servers and, like, what's going on? And they'll get called out for it, and you'll hear about it. So it's also kind of just being educated and hearing what people are saying about developers, but that is kind of a lot of work, and that's where you go to, you know, Crackberry Insights to tell you who you should trust and, I guess, who you should maybe stay away from. Um, I do know, I, I don't want to just throw this out there because it might be a little bit wrong. Uh, I think ES File Explorer, or one of them, was just purchased by a company, and a lot of the hardcore community was turned off by it because they started implementing some bloatware into it, and... To some people, the bloatware was useful. It would like scan your, your documents and delete unnecessary files or something, but a lot of people saw it as bloatware. It's like, get away from that. Like, I don't want you automatically deleting things, even if you think it's right. So it's just, you know, you kind of need to understand with so many options who's doing the right thing and, and who you need to be weary of. But it's difficult. Know, to, me, to me, it always just comes down to common sense. Like you said, you place your trust in certain individuals and certain organizations, and you know, you learn their policies and such, and then you just, you develop a trust for them, and I don't know, I, I mean, for me, I, when it comes to file managers, I don't have any genuine concern about anybody siphoning off my files or siphoning off my server information or anything like that. I mean, it just, I don't know, yeah. very small on my radar in, in that respect, because even if they did try there's things in place that would alert me to such problematic symptoms anyways. Yeah. Like all my servers, I can see who logs into all my FTPs, and I can see who logs into all my websites and stuff like that, and I know whether or not it's, it's me or whether or not it's some other application. So it just comes down to, you know, you being aware of these things and, you know, putting your trust in the, the people and organizations behind it, so... Absolutely. And at the end of the day, again, the device does run fully encrypted all the time as well. So for someone to look at using a file manager as an exploitation medium, one, there's passwords, as Alex said, that you can put on some of these apps. And as well, you're going to have to unscramble some of that data as well if you were to get it anyway. So I think due to Priv's underlying security, the privacy of some of these third-party file managers is pretty nascent. I really think that it's not going to be too, too big a deal overall. And you know, there's a lot of people who are really looking for more from, you know, BlackBerry to build out some of these things, and that may be something they build out in the future, you know. There's a potential that they do want to implement their own file manager. It's just something that's going to take more time, and at this point, it's not one of their top priorities because there are so many alternatives right there and now in Google Play. So we want to move on from our file manager discussion, guys, and let's talk a little bit about T-Mobile. We saw an internal leaked memo on Phone Arena specifying T-Mobile launching the BlackBerry Venice on January 26, which is not too far away at all, 23 days to be precise. Do you think this uh, report has any clout? Do you think it's something we can actually trust? Or is it you know, just one of those things that's been fabricated? Because it talked a lot about other devices as well. So um, what are some of your thoughts on it, and specifically T-Mobile launching it so far after the device's initial launch and AT&T's exclusivity? What are some of your thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, we've heard plenty of rumors about T-Mobile actually launching it anyway, so we've seen John Ledger 
out there holding his priv. We basically read the tweets about them trying to come to some sort of agreement to be able to go ahead and offer the, the device. I mean, it, looking at the situation and looking at, at the documentation that was provided, the documentation does kind of look sketchy to me. But, you know, it, it in, in terms of, like, all of that carrier stuff, that carrier stuff always looks kind of sketchy anyways to begin with, right? It's always done up rather poorly and, you know, comes in, like, some crappy Excel file or something like that anyways. So, I mean... It, at this point, I think it's one of those things. Until some more concrete evidence shows up, it's you know probably you know take it under consideration, but don't put too much heart into it because of the fact that you know carriers change dates, BlackBerry changes dates, everything is always subject to change. So wait and see. I mean, as far as far as um, it goes for like why T-Mobile is releasing it so late, well. We already know that's mainly because of the AT&T exclusivity. AT&T had their uh, 60 days exclusivity on the device, so put the time frames together. That actual time frame does work out to be a point in time where T-Mobile would be able to go ahead and release it. And the same with Verizon too. Verizon can go at any point after that 60 day exclusivity is up. So, you know, and we've we've seen the Verizon device pass through the FCC. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's always one of those things when it comes down to the documentation. You just have to have to wait and see what happens because, again, everything is subject to change in the carrier world. So here's a yeah, the carrier world's a mess, and that's something clearly was talking with us after the show. Where you know sometimes it's really a headache to work with some of these carriers because they you know they have so many different needs and wants, and they do their own testings on things. So really is something that they have to continue working back and forth where that's an open relationship that continues to, to, to evolve. So Alex, this is a question I wanted to kind of slide your way. Related to Priv launching on other carriers, uh, the Priv is coming on Verizon, and you moved your whole family to AT&T to get the Priv that maybe wasn't going to launch on Verizon. Does that frustrate you at all, or... Was it worth the wait? Was it worth the move to get the priv early, etc. for for whatever reasons? No, you know I'm, I I kind of knew what I was getting into. I we all had an inclination that it was definitely coming to Verizon just eventually, like when. Um, but realistically, we have seven people on our family plan, and on Verizon we were on the ten gigabyte shared. So essentially, we would each get about 1.2 or 1.3 gigabytes each, and there's always someone using like three gigabytes, and then you kind of run out. Whereas right now, what's nice? It's so stupid, but on AT&T they have like the the rollover. So we're paying less money. We're getting 15 gigabytes shared, and since we have some rollover, we have like you know 20 gigabytes this month. So when I drive now, I just stream Google Play Music, and like I never would have on Verizon because I was just like I didn't want to waste data. Data was so savory. Now it's like, you know, if you don't use it, well it gets rolled over up to, you know, whatever you're paying. But I I'm actually using data more and I'm feeling better about it. And that's just one of the levels with it. And I do like that I could just pop in a SIM card. You know, possibly I can use uh, Google Fi in the future once they release it to other devices. I might be able to give that a chance. That's just popping a SIM in the phone, whereas I can't do that with Verizon. So I, I'm not regretting the decision by any means. There are definitely places where I don't have connection where I would like to, 
um, very small places. Like at this one bar that I never go to because I don't really go to bars, but I went there for New Year's with a few of my friends. I, oh, I, I assume that's where you were prior to being late to this podcast. No, I was, I was like, Alex is Alex is on a date. I'm sure. Business sure. meeting, same difference. It's a relationship, but yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not overly happy with the service. It's adequate. It's not incredible, but uh, that's kind of what I was expecting when I was going to it. It's really not too much different from Verizon. I just like having a more unlocked phone, though, so I'm, I'm not complaining. And, you know, we just got uh, $700 taken off the bill because each line got $100, and they give us $200 per line, so we got like $2,100 among all of us, so I'm really not complaining. You know, it's not so bad for switching. And you got it earlier, right? So you didn't have to wait. Oh, yeah, and wait there's either. that, too. And transferring all the family over, and yeah, it was glad I'm done with that. We did see it slide through the FCC, so you know, at any point, you know, sliding through the FCC doesn't mean that Verizon will launch the device by any means, but it does show that you know there is a potential for them to go ahead and launch that device. And now with you know the carrier exclusivity dropping, as Blaze mentioned, past that 60-day period, we may see a broader availability and maybe a potential more marketing push. Right now that it has that wider availability, pick it up at you know the top three or top four carriers stateside or, or wherever you are, and they can really work on hitting out and get that distribution channels really flowing with this device. So it is cool Which, to see. Is isn't it kind of funny that like I mean some people are seeing exclusivity and some are not, and it's like realistically. They they actually got flack for saying it was exclusive, right? To AT AT and T, they released that that article and they updated. Then they were like, "Sorry, we're the first to have it." They were never really exclusive, but if yeah. you're the only one that sells in the U.S., you're technically exclusive. But exclusive is more so like it's probably not coming to other carriers. So this is maybe a, I guess you could see it's like a temporary exclusivity or, uh, yeah. Well, the I mean. These days, the majority of the exclusivities are never actually exclusive anyways. They yeah. run over a period of time, and then once that time is up, it just it has become common practice, I guess you could say, for BlackBerry to be able to go ahead and say, yeah, it's exclusive, and yeah. mainly because other carriers didn't want the device. You know? Yeah, it sounds a lot better than saying Verizon and T-Mobile and Sprint didn't want our phones, so... Yeah, exactly. I mean, and yeah. that's... You know, that's not me sliding BlackBerry in any way. That's the reality of the situation. People didn't, carriers didn't want the device. They passed on it. So, you know, that that was the reality of the situation. Um, but this time, it, it ran differently. It actually was a time-limited exclusive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And we've seen some kind of we've seen some promotions as well where AT and T you know had those forty devices out. Good Morning America, they're giving out. You know, AT and T was actually running their own promotions, giving away privs as well. So it is cool to see that they are kind of behind the device as well and pushing it, you know, in their own way here and there. So really cool. Hopefully, T Mobile and Verizon pick up the device in you know hopefully by the end of this month, right? Because that's what it's looking like. Do you guys think that potentially the devices may launch with Marshmallow or no? Tough to call, right? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, again, you kind of have to wait and see what's going to happen. I mean, maybe maybe Verizon decided as though that they didn't want to carry the device until it launched with Marshmallow. Who knows, right? Um, but eventually Marshmallow is going to roll out to it, and, you know, as soon as you turn on the device, the update will either be available or be pre-installed for you, so... Yep. 
one of the interesting things when you're talking about when you're, when you're trying to sell a priv to someone is as well you got to you got to compare them to the competition. So if you look at LG, you look at Samsung, one of the things that holds a lot of the Android OEMs back is the infrequent updates where people wait and wait and wait for these updates to come and sometimes they come and they actually hurt the device more than help the device, right? <laughs> so and what we've seen right so far from BlackBerry is that we are getting these monthly security updates, and specifically they were very quick and diligent about getting a really solid update out for the Priv to get it, you know, to fix a lot of the user concerns in general, you know, taking in that feedback and, and acting on it. And personally, because BlackBerry's sole focus right now is the one Android device, the one Priv, whereas Samsung's got, you know, 20 phones they got to think about updating, LG's got, you know, 10 phones they got to think about updating, excuse me. There's a lot of value in BlackBerry having just one focus, this one device. And you're very likely going to get better update cycles and schedules from BlackBerry on their Android device than you will from some of the other Android OEMs. Not only on the security side, but as well on potentially OS updates that are necessary to, to bring features and, and new uh, new refinements to the OS. So really, when you're trying to sell, you're also getting a lot more from BlackBerry in terms of support, where they are constantly working and, and working to bring these different updates to us as well. And that's something I feel comfortable in. I was very happy to see within a month, month and a half, I got a, that solid update for the print on my carrier through the a, through AT&T, which is positive, right? Two weeks after that shop BlackBerry device hit, well, shop BlackBerry update hit for, for those unlocked devices, so something as well to think about when you're trying to upsell on a priv, you're getting more direct support from BlackBerry with Android, and really, it's, some, it's kind of better support than what we've seen for BlackBerry 10 in the past <laughs> as well. So some things to keep in mind as we look ahead towards some of those carriers potentially launching the device later this month. Yeah, you Black might even get an update that you're not supposed to get. <laughs> <laughs> You you wouldn't be talking about that 16 megabyte security update we got, right? No, no, no. you wouldn't be talking about. Okay, I didn't. No think idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh? Let's talk about BlackBerry Pakistan operations continuing after the government uh, drops their access demands. Something really really interesting, and I was kind of surprised when BlackBerry went on their blog and said we are pulling out of this market entirely. Right? That was kind of kind of jarring in terms of. You know, obviously wanting to get behind user security and privacy, but as well, you know, governments is, is their biggest customer, right? Maybe potentially bigger than their consumer customers, especially in that market. Ronell, what do you think about BlackBerry's Pakistan operations uh, continuing after basically being told that they would remove themselves from the market? Do you think it's a, a benefit, or do you think they've made some kind of deal on the back end to allow this to happen? No, I don't think they made a deal on the back end because exposing just Pakistan is really exposing all users in some way or form, right? Um, it's great, though. I don't know how large their operations is um, in Pakistan, but, I, I mean, it's a win. I think I saw on Twitter a couple of tweets from people and were pretty upset and one, were wondering what's going to happen with uh, the Blackberries that they're using right now and all that. So, I mean, it's a big... It's a, it's a win. I shouldn't say a big win, but it's a win for both the consumers and for BlackBerry. Uh, but um, it's, I think, I think Pakistan, I think they got something going on in the back end on their own. I mean, there's other tools which maybe they're trying to use to access other information, which they're happy about and they don't really need anymore from BlackBerry, something like that. Maybe that's going on. Uh, that's just speculation, obviously, but I mean, it's a big win otherwise. 
they said they had about like 4,500 enterprise customers in that region, which is pretty pretty meaningful, right? It, it's not a. That's why it was kind of like a hard pill to swallow in terms of leaving, right? Because that's one of their one of their solid markets for them in terms of those those Bez installations. Uh, Blaze, what were some of your thoughts on it? That they actually kind of stuck to their guns and were able to negotiate through to an actual resolution. Yeah, I'm glad to see BlackBerry actually go ahead and stick to their guns. They weren't willing to pull out if if Pakistan wasn't willing to go ahead and uh, you know agree to their terms. And you know, I I like that fact. Um, you know, we could all sit here and debate about whether or not BlackBerry has anything happening on the back end or Pakistan has anything happening on the back end. Truth of the situation is that we don't really know. However, I like to I like to believe the, that you know. Uh, Pakistan just backed down, and they realized that, you know, that that situation just wasn't going to happen. Um, if they were to essentially go ahead and take away the services from there, they would be essentially taking away the services from their own government at that point too, uh, because then they become more vulnerable and they have to use outside services. So, you know, I, I think it's it, it ended peacefully, and hopefully. It won't come back up again because, as we know, we've we've seen this sort of scenario happen before. But hopefully, hopefully this will be the end of it, and nobody has to deal with it on either side of the equation again. Especially, especially the users, because the users, I mean, like Ronell said, there was a lot of uh, a lot of users who were concerned about whether or not their existing BlackBerry devices would continue to work within Pakistan. And there's, uh, um, for me personally, I've seen a lot of. Um, a lot of, um, I guess, embassy workers, American embassy and Canadian embassy workers, were were caught up in that mix because they didn't know whether or not their BlackBerry devices would continue to work um, throughout it all. So overall, I mean, you couldn't, can't really ask for much more than a resolution in the matter. And I, I, I think BlackBerry and you know the Pakistan government handled it all accordingly well. So, you know. Like Ronell said, it is a it is a win no matter how you look at it. It it builds confidence specifically for for me. It builds confidence because you know you look at and this goes back to what John Chen made mention of with his privacy stance, right? Where you know we don't have back doors, and 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 you know we we work with our governments to to negotiate through these things. And in terms of lawful access and all these things, they need to be able to have that open communication with the government to be able to work to, to determine when access is okay and when it's not, right? Yeah. And again, putting putting that whole market on the line to defend their stance just really, really makes me feel comfortable with the company, and it builds up that trust. It also builds up, again, that execution ability that they have to work through and settle these differences. Blaze made a great argument and point Speaking of, you know, the government's own secure communications, you're going to block your own service provider in the process here. You know, you, yeah, you may be able to get, you know, you may be able to now gain access to communications of some of those people you're looking at, but you can't sacrifice that for yourself in the process, right? They had to look at the bigger picture, and BlackBerry was able to probably elaborate that to them and allow them to really focus on what's really valuable, right, or other potential means around to be able to get that information that they need because... You know, there's always a door. You know, there may not be back doors, but there may be front doors. And I feel comfortable that BlackBerry has the keys, right? <laughs> They're the kind of the guardians and protectors of their own network and infrastructure. So at the end of the day, you know, there's got to be a way for them 
to go in and potentially, you know, shut off or, or potentially look at, you know, communications if there is a crisis or something in need, right? Whereas Apple just says, you know, oh, it's their problem. Do they deal with it, right? So it is cool to see that BlackBerry is sticking to their guns and, again, defending that privacy stance for users and, again, getting behind the fact that, you know, there are no backdoor accesses for, you know, surveillance companies and, you know, other governments to tap into and that BlackBerry is going to stand in front of any of those potential interceptions. Alex, was it interesting for you? Did it? Did the news gloss over? Did you, did you take it like a jelly donut or no? It's, uh, I don't know, I think there's a little bit of people arguing on, I want to say on r slash Android, because people just like to overreact through various things and, and come down from it, but I don't know, I, I, I it didn't really, this this particular news is not something that really catches my eye too much anyway, so I, I didn't pay too, too much attention to it, but uh, Alex I is like, so what? I don't live in Pakistan. <laughs> as bad as it is, like I, I understand, yes, BlackBerry is this global uh, company, uh, but it's at the same time, man, it's not really what's totally interesting <laughs> to me at the moment. So it, it, it did gloss over a little bit for me. You covered it well, though. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there was a good outcome at the end of it, and that's yeah. really what's what's most important. Let's go. I want to remind everyone who listens to this podcast that it is sponsored by viewers like you, literally. <laughs> Literally, it's sponsored by viewers like you. We have a Patreon support campaign, berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. Check it out. Your donations, your support, your pledges really do help the podcast keep going. We do this every single week. I don't know how we do it every single week, but we do it every single week. Even when Alex has business engagements, he still somehow manages to, uh, to, to make it on. We talked a little bit earlier about Chris Krevlin. He's one of our top patron supporters. He, we answered one of his questions a little bit earlier in terms of brand loyalty. Alex missed out on that, so he won't get to answer on it. Maybe you can answer in our BVM group a little later. We have a couple other questions. Rob, one of our patron supporters, asks, what can we expect from BlackBerry at CES? Uh, Blaze and I were kind of talking back and forth on this. I'll let him take the reins. His answer is probably going to be the same thing as always, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, at this point in time, we know for a fact that BlackBerry, um, specifically BlackBerry, is there. They're on site. They're going to be doing, you know, the regular operations and meetings and stuff like that. But the real expectation for CES at this point is, you know, a lot of Q&X stuff rather than BlackBerry-specific stuff. Um, they have the whole ADAS solutions that they're going to be rolling out. They have the new concept vehicle they're going to be rolling out. I expect them to essentially go ahead and announce some new automotive partnerships. Um, you know, they're going to be doing the QNX demos that they generally always do. Um, only this time around you get the, the updated software that they're continuously working on. Um, so overall, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't expect too much from the BlackBerry specific side. Um, if you're looking to see any new hardware uh, in terms of phones or anything like that, then you need to really probably temper your expectations because that's not going to happen. If anything, you'll see that stuff at Mobile World Congress more so than CES. Um, you know, a lot of Q&X stuff. That, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Um, not that that's not news or anything because we know that QNX is, is huge for BlackBerry. Um, they just sort of quietly work away and create news and, you know, hopefully turn some cash 
um, towards BlackBerry's way. But uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. And when you, uh, we have uh, we have a lot of people going to CES. Um, I'm not among them. I will be staying in Arizona, but um, Kevin is going to uh, CES. Uh, Android Central folks will be at CES. Uh, pretty much everybody's going to CES. Um, but um, when you look at the grand grand landscape of CES, there's not a whole lot happening in the mobile environment anyways. It seems to be a pretty tame show uh, for CES all around. Um, there are some some announcements expected for mobile, but not nothing drastically huge. It's almost like everybody's just waiting. CES has sort of died down and realistically become a pretty automotive focus show at this point. Is there, is, was, did they say that there's going to be a press conference for BlackBerry at the CES? Uh, I think there's a Q&X press conference. There's not a BlackBerry-specific press conference. Because I was wondering, because I know Shen, during the last um, last um, earnings announcement, he said there's some new products and stuff coming out, not in terms of phones, but just wondering maybe if CES, they plan to launch something with IoT or something like that, maybe. Yeah, that's all QNX stuff. Yeah. All that stuff is QNX. Yeah. Any of the IoT infrastructure, any of the automotive, all of that stuff will be surrounded around QNX. So, you know, there, there's probably going to be four or five different press releases for QNX. Um, but, again, when it comes down to BlackBerry-specific, uh, that's, you know, even Chen said that Mobile World Congress in February is going to be the, the spot for any of that stuff, so... Yep, and Black, BlackBerry specifically mentions, you know, it's it's always fun to see the real story and lies. You know, in recent years, they've implemented cloud-based diagnostic engine sound enhancements, traffic sound recognition, collision warning, speed alerts, natural voice recognition, and that there may be a surprise or two, and no hints about the new car up until that CES actual conference. So definitely some interesting stuff that they're going to be kicking out there for us for CES, and I'm really excited. I've heard that BlackBerry will have two small booths doing some small demos, as they always do. You know, they have presence there, but that's not the main, main, main focus. It all is going to be this Q&X push, and, you know, as again, maybe a surprise or two there with some announcements to, to come. A BlackBerry uh, 10 Priv! <laughs> that would, that would, I would cry, because I, I just spent so much money on this thing, but uh, <laughs> I would literally cry. Cry, cry, cry. I'll cry with you. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that, like, if they were to launch a BlackBerry 10 Priv now, I would do bad things to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I would do bad things to Alex. Excuse me. I'm not going to hurt myself about it. I'll, I'll take it out of Alex. comes back to me. <laughs> Always. You in your business meetings. I can't deal with you, man. Can't deal. <laughs> So we have some some interesting stuff potentially coming for CES, and as Blaze mentioned, you know, really it seems Mobile World Congress the last two years has been their main main focus. Blaze was also mentioning how CES has changed over the years, and it really has. CES used to be this place where you did a lot of big big announcements, and it's kind of changed. Now it's a bunch of small niche stuff at CES, and a lot of those things have their own separate announcements where they do their own thing on their own events and or at other events later in the year. It buys them more time and things aren't as rushed, right? So, And that's always a good thing. You want to make sure what does go out there is is top of the line in terms of what's going out. 
Really, when we look at what QNX Blackberry are doing, some of the announcements we're going to be seeing are going to be around those over-the-air updates. This is something Tesla has been pushing their own, talking about you know autopilot and being able to do software updates over the air with their connectivity. It's that generation of you know automated cars. That's really what we're going to be looking at as we start ramping up towards some of those solutions with ADAS and things like that. So I really do expect Blackbird to have some some stances there and using QNX again. And Blaze Blaze summed it up perfectly. I just want them to bring some cash in from it, right? That's that's the ticket. That's really what we're looking for. Alex, do you have any expectations for CES from what we can expect from Blackbird? Man, I was thinking about it a lot because I. You know, people have been talking about it. CES is become, CES is becoming less and less of an important show as it used to be because a lot of what people were announcing at CES previous years, they're getting their own standalone announcements now. So CES is like, you know, you'll see some interesting kind of cool things here and there. I just don't know if BlackBerry is going to be really announcing anything crazy. Definitely stuff with the car. Like, I mean, they do that kind of thing every year. But as for like what's going on with BlackBerry on Android or with their phones, I don't think we're really going to see any of that. But I would be pleasantly surprised if we saw something. Um, you know, like perfect place to show up, Blend, right? No. Wow. No. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah. I know. But... <laughs> shot that down like a fighter <laughs> pilot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we have another question from one of our Patreon supporters. This is Ahmed. He asks, what are your go-to apps Everyone on the BlackBerry Priv. So I, we, we've done this before. We've done this before. What I want to do is just top two, top two most used apps on BlackBerry Priv. We'll start with Alex. We'll go oh, hold on and Ronell. Right on the spot, Alex. I think Tom. I have the most apps installed. You're going to me first. All right, we'll flip it around. We'll go Ronell first. Woo! Finally, go first. Top, um, top two apps. Yeah, yeah. You finally got picked first in, in the game, right now. Yeah, you know. Uh, top two most used top. apps on Priv. Shit. You guys got um not, not including like BBM and, and calendar and stuff, right? Because that that's an app, right? It's on Priv, right? But come on, obviously we use BBM a lot. Obviously. Do we? Do we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, BBM uses me a lot. I have to moderate the dang channel. I'm sorry. I'm just getting nasty now. <laughs> I'm not too sure, actually, for me, uh, Mint. I use Mint a lot. Uh, oh really? For finances, the other one. Uh, let me get you back to you on that one. I could go. I I could go. I I got okay. I got something. Um, you said give two. I want to give three because one's extremely popular and it's even like a it's a no catch whatever. The other two are more obscure and they're probably more interesting. Obviously, Google Keep I use for everything. Reminders for just. File or keep like just just notes. That's my notepad. Okay, now let's go to the other thing. So I use Unified Remote Full. So essentially, it sets up a server with my computer, and I have a bunch of remotes set up that I can essentially just click. You know, the Google Music remote, and from my phone, I could be laying in bed and do forward, previous, like dislike the song. Um, and then I could quickly switch over to screen preview and see me kind of moving on my screen right now. This is actually kind of weird. I've never done this before. But it mirrors what's going on on my screen, and I can actually tap and do things lying in bed, um, which is nice to be able to control my computer without being right next to it. Uh, so that that thing, I, I'm using this consistently. You can do all this really cool, fun stuff with it. Laziness engaged. It, it, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's, I, like, I was off. watching it. I was watching a movie. No, no, no. This worked out so great last night because I was watching a movie 
and I just wanted to put my computer to sleep when the movie was over. And like normally you're laying in bed watching a movie, you just want it to be done. So movie ended, I just go into the app, I click sleep, put my computer in sleep mode, and I was just done. Um, and then the one other one, it's called Trigger, and there's a few apps similar to it, but you can set up tasks. So like I have default driving, laundry, navigate home, sleeping, and then I have these nice little things scattered around in various places. These are just NFC, and I finally broke down and bought this because I've always kind of wanted to do it, but I never did it. You could do this on, on numerous devices. But So essentially, I have this one sitting next to my bed. I just hold up my phone, and it vibrates, and then it starts implementing the task. So I have it set an alarm clock at 8.30 in the morning, go to silent mode, open up Unified Remote, which then opens up to the Google Play Music because I normally listen to music on my computer at night. So it just does numerous tasks. And then right by my laundry machine, I have one of these sitting there, which just sets an alarm for 45 minutes from now. So essentially, I start the laundry machine. I hold up my phone right there. Boom, reminder set 45 minutes to tell me I need to get my laundry. So I'm using it in my car everywhere. It's, I'm, I'm really enjoying it, actually. You're so high tech, Alex. <laughs> wow. Alex is all fancy. I thought yeah. your mom did your laundry, Alex. <laughs> no, everyone thinks that. I, I've been doing my I laundry for 10 did years actually. now. He, he's looking a little messed up right now. I don't know what's going on. He had a great New Year's, clearly. <laughs> Blaze, what about you, man? What are some of your top used apps on Priv? Um, outside of like the the regular normal apps that everybody essentially uses, um, I use All Connect. All Connect is basically a streaming application, so um, it does like your music, your photos, your videos, and it can do like YouTube and online channels like uh, Vimeo and TED Talks and stuff like that. Um, it also taps into like cloud storage so you can use your local storage or you can use like Dropbox so if you have videos um, that are essentially saved onto like your Dropbox you can just tap on the Dropbox button and then um, what it actually connects to all of these things and all of these hubs are basically connected to either like um, uh, like for example if I want to go ahead and stream to like the Apple TV, I can do that through All Connect. If I want to stream to uh, my, uh, what's that stupid Google thing? Chromecast? Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Chromecast, uh, it does that. And I also, we have a Nexus player in the bedroom, so I can basically just um, stream to that directly as well. And again, that does um, uh, music uh, photos, videos, and like online resources too. So anything, any any video or any music or anything that I'm looking at on my phone, I can automatically just toss it directly over to any of those other connected devices like Apple TV, Nexus, uh, Chromecast, all that stuff. So it's really good for media and shit like that. Um, the other thing, of course, is Slack. You Slack on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Like Slack, I live in Slack. Um, That's so true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the app. Oh. 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 <laughs> I'm not giving you any right now, Blaze. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like. I spend a lot of time on Reddit too, reading. So I have um, Relay, which is a Reddit application. That one is one yeah. of my favorites. That's that's the one I use as well. Yeah. Native Reddit app is coming soon. I'm interested to see how that turns out. It might be crap though. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. It will be. But also, also yeah. just to go ahead and mention, like, um, there's really like some untapped potential, basically for anybody who has a proven. Uh, seemingly, nobody in the BlackBerry community has written about it as of yet. 
um, which and it's on my list of things to do. But one thing that I actually enjoy, um, you know, basically using Android or using the Crib at this point is um, uh, Google Cardboard for all of the virtual reality stuff. I mean, you can pick up you can pick up a Google Cardboard thing for like five dollars, man. Like maybe even less. I mean, Verizon was giving them away when Star Wars um, first came out. So I got like three of the Google Cardboard things, and the kids like it. I like it. I mean, it's a cheap way to enter into the whole virtual reality world, and there's a ton of like applications and games and stuff that you can download. Like, you know, it, it's really cool. It, it as, as cheesy as it sounds, there's a ton of stuff on Google Play. Like, you can go on a roller coaster ride. You can explore Tokyo. Like. Um, I watched like a Paul McCartney concert the other night. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Um, I can just see you like sitting at home with like. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like you know, it's you basically just space out and you sit there and enjoy some virtual reality stuff. Um, let me have a look here. Again, like you can buy the stuff for like uh, the actual like cardboard things. Or um, you know, like five dollars. They're all over the place right now. Renell was just asking where he could pick one up, and I don't, I don't have a specific website uh, to actually point anybody to. But if you just, if you Google Google cardboard, it will tell you how to be able to go ahead and get a viewer. Um, and again, they're like five bucks. You can buy them on eBay. You can buy them on random places. Or if you really want to go all fancy, there's like. Um, like they don't even have to be cardboard. Like you can get ones made out of aluminum and everything. It's really dope. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't know you were so into VR, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those cool things that like obviously you're not going to get like you know a Samsung virtual reality experience. It's no Oculus Rift or anything like that. But it's pretty cool to be able to go ahead and explore like Japanese gardens and stuff like that in virtual reality and take a roller coaster ride. Like I said, man, it is really cool shit. Yeah, I'm I'm dying to I'm dying to test that out though. And I think I uh that paired with have you guys seen the Tesla suit that that just uh you wear the suit and it actually it it'll sense where things so essentially you could be in a video game, you get shot and you'll feel like a, a hit there, not like it'll hurt you, but you feel it. So that paired with Google Glass and like having that immersion <laughs> Crazy. Looks yeah, like you I was were, reading about that. Like you were readjusting your bra there, Alex, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, I was reading about that earlier today. It does look pretty cool. Yeah. So we had a couple other questions here on our Patreon private BBM channel. Mike Robinson, it's more of an anecdote than a question. Is what first attracted you guys to a BlackBerry device still attractive today? I wanted a RIM device when a colleague from Santa Clara visited the UK with his 850. The possibility of mobile email was just a dream until then with dumb, with the dumb phone era. Unfortunately, it wouldn't work on UK GSM networks, but Frank still checked it every two minutes. Early Crackberry syndrome. <laughs> so the real question is, what attracted you guys first to BlackBerry? Does that still attract you today? Mike, if I were to answer the question, I'd say yes. At the end of the day, the, the real core of what BlackBerry does is still there, still here on Priv, still live kicking, and honestly probably better than it was on you know, devices like the 850 by, by leagues, oh, yeah. and, by leagues yeah. leaps and bounds. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll toss that one around. Would you guys say yes or no to that question? I say yes, 100%. Um, yeah, totally. 
Yeah, keyboard is still there because of the priv and the passport. Um, only device that I owned that didn't have the keyboard was the Z30 and the Z10. Besides that, every device I've had for BlackBerry has a keyboard. The emails is always a top priority too, and I still got it on my device, so no qualms there. Yeah, I mean, what first? I think a lot of us got on BlackBerry, like James mentioned, was legacy, and uh, you know, it just did email phenomenally. And that, and having the keyboard, being able to type out emails, that was something that definitely kept us there. Um, it is a little bit ironic right now that I'm I'm using like inbox instead of the hub to to do email. I do definitely miss the inbox or the the hub experience from BlackBerry 10, but otherwise it's still that keyboard that's keeping me there. Just BlackBerry, you know, they're they're keeping their roots fairly well. So I, I'd say yes. You know, one of the things that I think first attracted me to BlackBerry, the two things that are not there anymore. Data compression, that, that BB service plan was But huge. do you really want that anymore? No. Okay. You know? I'm, I'm actually among the ones who are happy that it's gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. But again, things that first attracted me to BlackBerry. Oh, yeah, yeah, anymore. yeah. Data compression, and, and as well, them owning their own OS. That's something that we don't really have anymore outside of BB10. Those are two things that really attracted me to the platform, them having a unique value proposition, and some of that has deteriorated over the years to really evolve and change for the new era of devices. So, uh, yes, a lot of those things are still here. Some of them still miss. Still wish there was a, a, a BB-specific data plan for some added features. I would really love, like, a cross-platform BBM suite where there was video, and my data plan paid for that cross-platform support, right, where I could use BBM as, like, my, my go-to messaging for, you know, SMS and all that other stuff. Those are things that I really liked about the platform. So, Mike, yes, yes, yes. And there, there is data compression, and if you use Chrome, um, it's just a little toggle switch in settings. I've saved 11% data, so about 100 megabytes. It, it does, like, little things to, to compress here and there. Some people have saved a lot, but at this point, data... It's expensive, but you can see. Yeah, it's, a, it's a commodity. These Not days where it used days. to be. It's yeah. just like everything else. Chris asks a final question, and again, these questions are submitted on our private BBM channel, accessible through our Patreon pledge tiers. Chris asks, any thoughts on WhatsApp being down for many users New Year's Eve night? Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Another reason to go to BBM, perhaps? I mean, I was definitely BBMing on New Year's night when I wasn't, you know, emaciated by uh, the alcohol. <laughs> Did anyone have any uh, WhatsApp disconnects with some of their contacts on New Year's, or no one really cares about WhatsApp, right? I don't use WhatsApp to actually care in order to have a disconnect, so... <laughs> that's a good... That's a great answer, Blaze. That's a great answer. So what I want to do at this point is wrap up this cast. What we're going to be doing right after this is doing our Berry Flow after show. This is another perk that you can access via our Berry Flow Patreon, so check that out. we are actually got a lot of stuff that we're going to be uh, discussing, specifically Star Wars spoilers, among some other uh, things. Uh, wait, that's what we're talking about? I can't go to the after show then. Is that right. <laughs> you, weren't, you weren't even on the upstream, bro. Right, Just go. Just go. All right, no, but we're going to be talking a little bit about Star Wars, and we've got some other BlackBerry topics that we're going to touch over as well. So I'm going to get that after show started. Guys, I appreciate having you all on. Awesome way to kick off 2016. Rennell, good to see you back. I mean, we've got to get you on more frequently. Definitely. Well, glad to be back. 
And you guys didn't see it, but Ronell did a fantastic unboxing of some new headphones he got. Uh, I don't know if he wants to hold up that box, but um, <laughs> this is not product placement whatsoever, but Ronell definitely did a quick, quick unboxing before we got on, so it's always good to have him on. Blaze as well, who is stateside in Arizona right now, he won't be at CES, but he will be on Upstream, so we have him to thank for that as well. Blaze? Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you were talking to me. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. I always appreciate it. Enjoy you guys. <laughs> we enjoy you too. And then Alex, I don't, I'm the I, I don't today. need an explanation. I'm just here. Hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> right, are we done? Are we good? Yeah, okay. Are we still live? Is okay. that... What? Uh, <laughs> anyway, guys, peace. We will catch you guys next week. Later.